Welcome to the Variety Hour on AM 990, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mind. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Welcome to Talk Money on AM 990. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And good morning on an absolutely beautiful fall morning. I mean, it's got the chill in the air, and I mean, it is just, uh, I don't know about you, Jeremy, but this is the kind of mornings that you just kind of, you know, it's just the best time of the year. I love it. You can, uh, you know, just... Wear a little long sleeve and actually stay in it all day without even getting a little getting, sweater, a little on, sweater day, on. Nobody you know? can see it yeah. except for everybody well, that's online. <laughs> No checking it out. Checking it out. Yeah. We've got a program today that you're going to enjoy. We're going to talk about some things that I think people like to know. Five things successful people do. We're going to talk a little bit about the market. We've got David Rochester is going to talk about some of the things business owners need to be thinking about. And if you're an employee, you really want to tune in. You want to find out what they need to be doing on your behalf. But before we get to that, the market has been kind of volatile doing its thing, the job reports down. And, you know, we were talking about in preparation for the program, some of the things that we're looking for, I think since May, we're down over 10%. So correction, we can now call it, you know, we do uh, officially, we have now had a correction in the market. But there seems to be, and David, you even mentioned that. By the way, welcome to the program, David. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate you having me. (laughs) Uh, David mentioned earlier that, you know, it's kind of like textbook uh, and you made a comment, Jeremy, that we've done a great job of everybody kind of um, saying, well, okay, it's going to come back, it's ready to go, and there's no uh, fear in this correction. Yeah, I mean, no fear when you said kind of volatile. Well, it's pretty it's volatile, volatile yeah. in my book. Kind of, well, you know, okay. But, uh, you know, Relevant, it, you know. It, exactly. Uh, so as this continues, it's one of those things as, the volatility continues to happen. I think more and more people are starting to see, eh, they're starting to get a little bit more nervous. But a lot more people understand, I think, today that, you know, this is just part of what the market does. And so they're sticking to their plans, sticking to their, you know, uh, investments. But you start, you know, more and more news is coming out. And, you know, as far as the data today and the jobs report not being a good number in the Fed. And futures keeps, are down. Absolutely. Just drop like a, you know, the rock right out. As soon as they announced the futures, I mean, announced sure. the numbers, the futures did their, you know, did that drop that just kind of happens. Now, you talk about that the public today, the investor is a little more patient uh, than, than, say, we've seen in the past. Do you think that's 2008 that's created the patience? Yeah, I think so. I think a lot more people are educated today. You know, I think it took 2008, 2009 for a lot of people to understand what happened, but also, too, what can happen to your portfolio, not what causes it. Right. You know, right. not uh, it's not about what causes a downturn in the market. It's about understanding your long-term vision and what you're trying to do. And, you know, the stock market goes up. It goes down. But more than likely, long term, it always goes up. Yeah, we do see something happening today. We see gold going up a little bit, two mm. percent. Uh, silver up a little bit, two percent. And we were talking about that. That that's kind of something I look at is when we see a little bit of that flood to safety. 
That's a, in my opinion, a good sign. And of course, that's all it is, my opinion. But I like to see that movement because it tells me that the investor is getting a little of that uh, anxiety yeah. in there, the little bit of that concern, and that is healthy for a correction because at some point in time, we have to have that moment of time that says, okay, oh, my goodness, I'm nervous, I'm nervous, I'm nervous, and we almost capitulate. And then that's when the market has to do its thing, come back. Absolutely. It runs through its cycle. It does. And uh, the cycle is the cycle. It's very, very hard to just toss that out and say it doesn't happen. It's just a normal cycle. Well, when we come back, we are going to dive into some very, very important subjects with David Rochester. He's one of our senior financial planners. We're going to take, talk about five things that successful people do and how that ties into the business owner, how he works with his uh, employees and those of priorities from retirement to estate planning to executive compensation, all those things tie together. So stay with us because when we come back, we've got a program lined up. It's going to be rocking and a rolling on Talk Talk Money here this morning on Friday morning. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Podcasts of the Talk Money program are available for iOS mobile devices. Go to the iTunes store and search for Shoemaker Financial. Talk Money will return right after this. Have you thought about pursuing a career in financial services but have no experience in the industry and need training? If you are goal-oriented, highly motivated, and enjoy working with people, you have the skill set Shoemaker Financial is looking for. Shoemaker Financial is continuing to grow their team of financial advisors in the Mid-South, and they're ready with the training and tools you need to get started. With over 35 years of providing professional advice, quality products, and excellent service in the Mid-South, you too can now be a part of their growing firm. If you're interested in learning more about this opportunity, contact Contact Keisha Parrish at 901-757-5757 or email at kparish at shoemakerfinancial.com. Helping you make the most of your money. This is Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker, along with Jeremy Jones. Our guest today is David Rochester, one of our senior advisors. David works a lot with business owners in the office, and uh, it spends. I guess, David, you do spend an enormous amount of time counseling and working with people through the process of of the strategies of being a business owner, and we're going to get into that. But, again, welcome to the program. Thank sir. you, Jim. Yeah, business owners get busy, and they've got a lot on their plate. And they do, especially in this type of uh, environment. We're approaching the end of year, and they're thinking through their strategies for next year and all those things like that. But one of the things that I guess that I really know that you see with a lot of business owners is things that they do to be successful. I mean, you really kind of, I'm sure, kind of become the, almost a student as you watch these guys. I know you do a lot of these things, but you're saying uh, you say, you kind of see it. I mean, you you know, there are different type of individuals. Right, Jim. You know, I'd just say this, it, it, as we've noticed, it, being well-read, being a student yep. is important, and that's what I see. One of the things among successful people is they're well-read. They, they really pay attention. But there's some other, you know, factors I think that uh, that have been identified as well. So let's let's talk about that. We want to cover these things. The five things that not just business owners. These are these are. By the way, these are not the only things. These are just five things that we thought would be appropriate for us to discuss today for our listeners. Five things that if you're looking to be successful, these are some habits, some thought processes that you should 
start putting together in your lifestyle. And, I mean, successful people do a lot of things. Now, a lot of people think it's, well, it's my work ethic. It's the passion. I've got to be intelligent. I've got to just grit and grind it out type things. And uh, we've discovered, basically, from a lot of reading and a lot of studying with a lot of people, that that's not always just the only things that they do. There's a lot of things they do to separate themselves, successful people do, that just others don't. You know the old cliche words that successful people do what unsuccessful people don't do? And exactly. We've heard that a lot. So let's start with number one. I mean, sure. what do you find, David, that when you look at a person that you're looking for, what are one, number one of the five things we're going to just talk about? What's number one? Well, and I'll say this, Jim, if you think about it, if you've ever been to a, to a party or anything else, it seems like there's always that one or two people that just grabs everybody. When they walk into the room, yep. everybody gravitates to them. It's right. the smile. It's whatever. But if you notice, it's their energy level. Ah. They don't allow their energy to deplete. They pay attention to what they do well, and they focus on that. And it, it could be many things. Um, but the main thing is they've learned not to become fatigued. Ah, okay. Okay. Well, so. I think, you know, we all have a certain amount of energy that we can have each and every day. You know, which most of us or some of us try to <laughs> exercise, eat right, and kind of add to that energy. But also what we do every day, everybody has to make decisions. And some gravitate to the easy decisions and the easy task and have their daily to-dos, right? Everybody says, I was busy. Yeah. But were the were the things that you were working on, were they really powerful to help you move forward? And, and successful people work on the big things, the things that move them forward in the long run. So let's talk about We're talking about a little bit of fatigue, and I heard you say decisions. So let's tie these two words together. Successful people avoid being caught up in the what we might call decision fatigue. That's right. Where they where they know what they're going to work on, they're very very unique in the fact that they don't spend any energy on the trivial things. Well, and that's a great point. You know, a lot of us are we think because we're doing a lot of tasks, we're yeah. accomplishing a lot. Right. I I've been guilty of that. I know oh, you guys have never no. done that, but I've been guilty <laughs> I, of that. I have no clue what he's and talking so, about. And so, you know, the idea of well, I'm going to make a checklist that and once I get all that done, I've been successful. And what we see is those people who are truly successful, they may have a checklist, but it's short. It is very focused. It is very specific. Well, it's the big items. Well, I think, too, all decisions we make, they're not all unimportant. Everything has to get done, but just some are bigger than others. And it means they still get done, but maybe not by the successful people. Well, let's can't. call this now. We're going to kind of say they avoid decision fatigue. Okay? Exactly. Because that's kind of the thought. Part. They don't waste their willpower, their their mind thinking, the things that do it. They, it's kind of like you have a, a gas tank, you know, and you, you start the morning every day with a certain amount of fuel in the tank, and every time you go and do something, you're using some fuel. And so it's – and I totally understand the, the process here. If I'm making a bunch of, like you said, to-do things and I'm using my decision fuel to do all the little stuff, the trivial stuff, then I'm wasting an enormous amount of fuel. And by the end of the day, I may have to make a – and I've run out. That's a great and, example. And I think I, gas gas in the tank is critical. And understand – we get it. We get to fill up in the morning one time. We can't just constantly refuel. You can't go back the day. and forth. Yeah, you just gotta. So I think if it's a process, the, the learning how to manage decisions, don't get caught up in this this 
trivial, but but make sure that when you make decisions that you're really making great decisions. I love this as an example. I mean, this is I read this somewhere that was remember the guy that founded Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg. And, yeah. uh, you know, he he has his uniform. He doesn't even spend any energy to figure out what he's going to dress today. He wears you know, the same thing every he day. It a seems great like. T-shirt and a black hoodie. <laughs> and that's his uniform. And I mean, there's something that's to be said about that. He doesn't uh, you know, I mean, maybe that's taking it to the far extreme, but he he spends his energy doing things that are extremely important, and he doesn't get caught up in the, you know, the decision. Right. He's found what works for him, and it's exactly. not about how he dresses. I think a lot of people do the to-do list. They do get caught up in that, and this is the thing that we want to talk about people to avoid. David, when you talk with business owners, we're going to come back to the five things successful. Sure. When you talk to a business owners, what are some of their concerns that they dive into every day? Oh, gosh, Jim, you know, they've got so much on their plate, as we've mentioned earlier. But some of those things are, um, you know, how are they eventually going to be able to separate from the business? True. They're so wound up, and many of them are founders. Uh, and so they've they've birthed, they've been doing it all this time. How do they start finding some separation there? Because mm-hmm. they're going to separate one day, um, and hopefully it's willingly. So how are they going to do that? And then, you know, who all is involved in, in just in their processes over time? Their family. We call it who's the coming along. The yeah, stakeholders. The stakeholders. Who's yeah. the stakeholders? Who's coming along on this journey that they're going to go through? And so the stakeholders could be their family, uh, which is almost always the case, obviously themselves, the business, and maybe even their employees. Um, so there's a process that they've got to go through. I think they've got to also look further down the road, and, and, and that can always be difficult, looking way down the road to the point to where they're going to exit out of this business. Mm. Do they have enough income coming in from other sources that they don't have to continue to rely on the income from the business. Mm. Um, you know, there's, I'm sure there's many examples, Jim, you probably give better examples than I can of an absentee owner who are still drawing an income from the business mm. and how that can potentially be a negative well, effect. Jeremy and I had an opportunity to spend some time with some CEOs. We had hosted a group this week into the office. And Jeremy, we saw some guys that were, were not doing, David, what you're talking about. They hadn't looked far enough, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think, it's, I think, and David said it, I think the small business owner, I think one issue they have is they're just worried about today. Yeah. They're worried about, exactly right. you know, paying the bills. They're worried about their few employees that they have. They're worrying about just doing what they have to do. Now, now that builds up, and what happens is, is it continues to build and build, and they still look at it as a daily thing. Now it's changed a little bit, but they can't think about never being away from that business or never leaving the business. Well, Jeremy, I think that ties back in exactly what we're talking about. They're still focused on the tasks maybe and not those crucial um, ideas they need to be focused on. You know, they're they're busy. They're running hard. But have they really thought the, about the big things? Well, one thing that I recognize for the group this week is – you know, things can change quickly. Oh, yeah. You know, things can look great today, and you have plans and visions to look even better 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, but that's not guaranteed. No. That's right. And I noticed that this week, and, you know, from a few of those, if they would have planned 20 years ago and set some things up for the future, things would be a lot different. What, what so, are some examples, Jeremy? Well, I think when you have, you know, when you have partners, you market know, change, market change, dynamics of the business or the industry or what about health of an owner. Oh, absolutely. And or a key you, employee, when you have when you have more people involved, yeah. you know, your key employees or your partnership, if if you have more people that kind of run the business and if you're not on the same page, 
things can really get out of hand. No question. So, all right. So there's a lot on the guy's list. So when he thinks about making decisions, he's got to be careful that he doesn't get decision fatigue. So that's right. Make sure that he's spending only the time on the big decisions. Delegate the trivia things. Keep things very. He's only got so much fuel in his tank. So keep his decisions, uh, you know, to the point where he's making the great decisions, not the minor decisions. When we talk about five things that successful people can do, what is number two? Number two, Jeremy, from your chair, what are you thinking? Well, they're not afraid to say no, and not afraid to say no. You know, it's it's a kind of an easy statement to make, but that is so true. You know, when you think about it, you know, a lot of people want to avoid telling someone no. A lot of people just like to help. And I'll do whatever I can do to help well, you. Well, we're taught to seize every opportunity. Absolutely. We're taught to, we want to be a team player. We're I mean, Americans. It's can-do. Absolutely. Can-do people. We're talking about um, how do you know? Well, you've got to learn to manage your priorities. <laughs> you need to make sure you do your to-do list one, two, three. I mean, that's kind of that mindset. You come out of graduate school, you go right into this thought. This is kind of the thought process that you want to be a team player. You want to, you know, that that the attitude, you want to be seen as a guy that can do everything and so multitask. Everybody can multitask. And that's not what successful people do. That's a great point. And it could be our own pride that's driving us sure, to do that. Sure. Well, and I think one of the, you know, Warren Buffett, he talked about, you know, very successful. There's a great guy that knows what success is all exactly. about. Exactly. And he said, you know, one of the statement he made is the difference between successful people and really successful people is that really successful people say no almost to everything. To everything. <laughs> so that's, that just tells you something that, you know, they say no a lot. And that's hard to do for a lot of people. Well, for our listeners, I think what we're trying to share with you is what are some things that you do to, that people do, the successful people do, that we need to learn from? We talked about first, decision-making. Don't get caught up in the little stuff. Make sure that you're saving enough of your decision fuel to really concentrate on the big and the you know, the great decisions. Yeah, I think one th- we're not saying that everything they say no, no to is correct. That's true. Right? That's true. I, I bet Warren Buffett could tell you is he said no to some things that turned out to be, be great absolutely. ideas, great business decisions. And even when he said yes, successful people have said yes, they've been bad decisions. Bad decision. But every time you say no to a low-priority obligation, that's what we're talking about, low-priority obligation, you free up time and energy to chase after after that, what you really want. Exactly. And the two things there that we just said, time and energy. And I guarantee everybody listening saying, well, I wish they had more time, more time and more, more energy. energy. We started the program out with <laughs> this idea of energy. If we just could be uh, that right now, there's a whole business going on. These little bitty drinks, these, um, what do you call them? Energy? Uh, yeah. Uh, Red Bull, Red Bull or, or the five hour energy. Five hour energy. That's the one I was thinking about. Art, we need like 12 hour energy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, can we? Maybe we ought to package that. Yeah, we keep talking about a full tank of gas. My light, my gas lights on every morning when I get up. <laughs> yeah, I used to ask Miss Linda every morning when I get up, "How'd you sleep?" We don't do that anymore. <laughs> All right. All right. Number three. That you know, this is kind of one of those that I. Then when we talk about successful people, this one, I can remember when this clicked in my brain twenty five years ago. Because the first ten years of my career, this was. This was my problem. And uh, so, David, tell us what number three is of the five successful things that five things that successful people do. This is number three. Jim, when I heard this. I'm going to do a testimony on this one. (laughs) When I heard this, I thought, I I don't get it, but they embrace boredom. Boredom. That means, you know, we think about the, the, excuse me, the successful people. We look at the, 
you know, on the internet. We see them in the magazines. They're traveling. They're yeah. they're on adventures. They're with Bear Grylls and they're climbing mountains and jumping <laughs> out of planes. And we think, oh, that's, that's what success that's is life, all about. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, but that's probably a very small amount of what successful people really do. They they embrace boredom. They do, and that, you know, let's make sure that our listeners understand what that means. I mean, if you think about Michael Phelps, and he's the greatest example, best one of the best examples I can think of. Here's a guy that you know, fastest swimmer in the world. Overnight, it didn't happen. Just bingo. One day he woke up. I can remember one of the coaches that we use in the office, Brian Moran, and I give him 100 percent credit for this. He literally would talk to us about guys. Michael Phelps didn't just become the Olympic gold medal overnight. He did a lot of stuff over. Over and over, he embraced a rigid, repetitive series of, of practice reg- regimens that just he did them over. He embraced, quote unquote, boredom. Right. And, I, you know, I think that's one thing. I like to do a lot of different things. Yeah. And I think that's that's a lot of us are that way. We want to enjoy a lot of things. But if you don't learn to focus on a few things, you don't excel at any of them. Right. That's good. Well, we share it with the advisors. You know, when we have new advisors in the office, uh, you know, everybody in, in a lot of different industries is you do things so long and, and you're just right on the cusp of getting over that mountaintop of becoming successful and you, then they quit. And there's the difference in, you know, real successful people. And you talked about Michael Phelps is putting in the time, energy and effort to stick to a plan and to get over uh, that that hump, he didn't to, change his direction. Exactly, his direction he was, was very intentional. Very yes. intentional, but he had a routine. Jimmy, you called it a plan, and he stayed with that. And you think about it, whether it's a successful athlete, a successful entertainer, anybody. This didn't happen overnight. A business leader, it didn't happen overnight. Right. They stayed focused. And I can remember, guys, when I first started. And by the way, we celebrated 37 years as a company yesterday. Uh, and uh, I can remember that that was, uh, you know, when we first opened the doors as a company, it was on a kitchen table in the house and, you know, <laughs> and it wasn't much to it. <laughs> but the reality is the first five to seven years, I mean, it seemed like we were doing all we were trying to do was survive, but we were running all over the place. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, the, the idea of of embracing boredom was not in my vocabulary because, again, I would run out here and do this and run out here and do this. And if you're listening, let me tell you one of the biggest things to do, don't do that. (laughs) I mean, you have to develop a very stringent goal or plan or routine and then stick to it. Right. I think the key is knowing where you want to be and what you want to accomplish or what do you want to have. Uh, We talk about that as most successful people. They know where they want to be. Right. So they don't have to just... Work, work, work every five seconds trying to do something every single day. It's a slow-moving target. But the problem is is a lot of people don't know where they want to be, so they just have to push it fast and hard every single day. Well, that's a great point, Jeremy. And, and kind of back to what we're talking about on the business owner side, those successful athletes, those successful people know exactly where they are and they, they're looking at where they want to be, and they're focused towards that. Absolutely. Well, they're actually doing the embracing the boredom and the repetition in order to reach the objective. If you just tuned in, we're talking with David Rochester, Jeremy Jones, my co-host. I'm Jim Shoemaker. We're talking about five things that successful people do to be successful and how it ties into being a business owner. And next time when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the concerns that business owners have. And that's one of the thoughts of creating a roadmap. Just exactly what we just got through saying, the routine, the plan. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this. 
This is Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Remember, financial advisors do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation. Helping you make the most of your money. Talk Money will return right after this. Have you thought about pursuing a career in financial services but have no experience in the industry and need training? If you are goal-oriented, highly motivated, and enjoy working with people, you have the skill set Shoemaker Financial is looking for. Shoemaker Financial is continuing to grow their team of financial advisors in the Mid-South, and they're ready with the training and tools you need to get started. With over 35 years of providing professional advice, quality products, and excellent service in the Mid-South, you too can now be a part of their growing firm. If you're interested in learning more about this opportunity, contact Contact Keisha Parrish at 901-757-5757 or email at kparish at shoemakerfinancial.com. Helping you make the most of your money, this is Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results, research, investment advice, or a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back. It's a beautiful Friday morning. This is Talk Money, and um, I'm Jim Shoemaker, Jeremy Jones' co-host, and David Rochester is our guest. And we're talking today, I guess the whole subject around what we're trying to talk about is this: is the thought between what successful people do and why they do it and unsuccessful people don't do. Now, you know, again, I we're not trying to say that we're the uh, gurus here. We're not trying to say these are the only things or this is if you do these five things, you are now got it all together. But these are things that David and, and Jeremy and I have kind of observed as we work with business people, successful business people, things that kind of pop out at us and uh, some things we've read about and studied over the years. And uh, David, you were talking about earlier some concerns that business owners have, whether it's retirement, you talk about employee retention, you talk about the idea of business succession, the, the, the whole gamut there. And then and, and you mentioned the fact as we got ready to move into this last segment here, they thought that, you know, we said that business owners avoid decision fatigue and successful people do that. They end up getting, you know, they're not afraid to say no. They keep focused on what really has brought them to the table. They do it and they do it and, and repeat it. And then, of course, we talked about boredom. I mean, that, I mean, nobody thinks, when you say boredom, it's negative. But reality is successful people do routine things over and over again. And I confessed and was transparent in the fact that the first 10 years of owning, starting the company in 1978, I ran all over the place. Uh, not 10 years. I don't think I'd, I don't think we'd have made it if I'd have done that consistently for 10 years. But I think we, we, we have a tendency when you start out, there's so much desire to succeed and, or you're, you're, you know, trying to survive. And you, you've got energy. You know, I was 29 years old. And so I, I guess people just, we run and we run hard and we don't really have a direction. So I want you to talk about what happens when you sit down with a business owner or in your client, in your practice with anybody. What you're, And Jeremy said, you know, they develop a plan. I called it a routine where they do the same thing over and over again. The reality is it, it's a part of the planning process. It's a part of just developing a roadmap. And I That's love great. that term. It's a great point, map. Jim. You know, <clears throat> uh, in meeting, I met with some younger folks this week, and one thing that they did uh, that I recognized differently was they compared where they want to be to where they are now. But what do most of us do? We compare where we are now to someone else. 
And so they are very adamant about developing their own roadmap. And that's, I'm going to tell you, it really impressed me because they're probably in their early 30s. You know, I, that's great that you talk about that because I see a lot of early 30s that are comparing where they are at 30, where their parents are at 65. Oh, that's, that happens a and lot. And that, that is like a real, almost uh, like this is what we, and that's, uh, that's really the wrong comparison. Yeah. Yeah, they're not focused on where they are today. Yeah. And great point. They they want to be where their parents are now. They need to focus on where they are now and build from there because they have such great opportunities. What about a business owner and the roadmap? Because again, now we're talking about they're running hard. They got they're trying to succeed and be, you know, survive in a lot of cases. Oh, the purpose of a roadmap. Yeah, first of all, taking stock of where you are now. Okay. Um, I think we've we've mentioned cars multiple times. We've got to keep that in mind. If you don't have a roadmap and you just say, let's just use an example. You want to take a trip from here to Los Angeles. Right. You can always just get in your car and go. Okay? You might go the wrong way. You and- don't even pack. Don't <laughs> grab a map. Don't even grab your GPS. Just go. Head east. But if you have a, lim- a lot of energy, <laughs> yeah. yeah but if you have a limited period, limited period of time, you better have a plan. Yeah. You better have a map. You better thought about where you're going to stay. You don't want to get in the middle of, you know, Death Valley and there's no gas station and right. you forgot to, to fill up. We've got to have the fuel to get us there. So, but the map makes us more efficient. The routine I think we're talking about is is knowing exactly where we want to be and when we want to get there mm. if we have a limited period of time, which is the case for most of us, whether it's our lifespan or the span of our business or our employment or whatever. So know the route that you're going to take, know the areas that you're going to go through, what you're going to put, the process. And again, I think we have a tendency to think that's unimportant or, or not as important as is hustling and the hard work and grit and all those kind of things. No, it's and critical. It's, and we, again, we use the examples of of the successful people who've learned to say no. They don't take detours. That's true. They stick to what they said they were going to do, and they focus on that. Again, we use Michael Phelps, athlete. He does it routinely. He does it repetitively. But he knows where he is. And I'll mention this also. You know, we've used this with, with professional golfers. You take a professional golfer and and you recognize how well they do, or the tennis players that were mentioned earlier, they still have coaches. They're the best at what they do out in the field, but they still have coaches. And that's what we believe on our side from planning is you can plan your own way, but why not hire a coach? Well, Jerry, you you were about to say something I thought. Well, I think you talked about, you know, when you're traveling, you need to know where you're going and how you're going to get there. But, you know, who's going with you? Mm. We talked a little bit about that, you know, as far as, you know, got to know all your family members or all your business partners or all your employees, whatever scenario, who's with you and how is your plan and what you're trying to do affect them? Okay. You know, and so. And you got to think about each each person individually. And with a business owner, it's family, but it also is employees, right. business partners. You know, everybody's maybe even the t- business t- itself. Absolutely. What's the long range? Are you just you know you're going to close the doors one day, or do you want it to succeed? Is there a You're legacy? Impo- right. Yeah. We talked about with that group this week. You know, asked a pretty tough question. Going, if you left today, and you okay, you got paid, you got a little bit of money there from the business, a few months. Uh, came and you're driving by and all of a sudden that building is empty. It's closed down. There's no longer a sign on the building. How does that make you feel? Oh, make you feel? Great point. example. Great, great example. All right. We've been talking about five things that people do, successful people do. We've covered three of them and we'll review those in a few minutes when we come back. But uh, we've got four and five. And then, David, I want you to give us kind of the priorities 
that uh, a person, a business owner, or an individual as they're working through some of the things that they need to do when they're working through their roadmap as they're traveling through this journey. Uh, we'll talk about that when we come back. Before okay. we do that, we've got Rebecca Brazier. She's going to do the Mid-South moment for us, but a lot more on the program. And when we get through this after this morning, we're going to also cap the market for you, kind of give you some ideas, some thoughts, and things to avoid, and kind of a, a little bit of the ideas for the month of October. So stay with us. We'll be back after this. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search for Shoemaker Financial. Talk Money will return after this. The last decade of the 19th century saw a wave of incorporations of towns within Shelby County, such as Madison Heights, Binghampton, and Idlewild. Memphis City officials saw this as a major public health issue, the horrific yellow fever epidemic in 1878 still being fresh on their minds. To prevent the recurrence of an epidemic, the city worked hard to improve garbage collection, install modern restrooms, replace wood with gravel and the roadways, and most importantly, build a modern sewer system. These changes were neither fast nor cheap, and many Memphians were very anxious over the thought of smaller towns being near Memphis that could not afford a proper level of sanitation control. After much political wrangling between the city and state legislature, an annexation measure was passed, making these communities part of the city of Memphis. The annexation put to rest the concerns over public health felt by those who had gone through the horror of the yellow fever epidemic 10 years earlier and doubled the size of the city. This has been another Mid-South History Moment brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. Helping you make the most of your money. This is Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. Okay, those five things, guys. We've been thinking about talking about five things successful people do. We said avoid decision fatigue. Fill up in the morning with all the decision power you got. And don't waste any time, energy, effort on the little things so that you got plenty of that uh, power that you need to make for great decisions. They're not afraid to say no. We love the Warren Buffett's quote. The difference between successful people and really successful people is that really successful people say no to almost everything. So that was number two. Number three, uh, successful people embrace boredom. They do the routine. We talked about planning. They stick to their plan. They don't run off on tangents. They don't chase, chase every little thing going down there. They stay very focused with their mind and their body, and they stay very focused on what they're doing with their routine. And uh, that's the whole idea. They embrace boredom. Uh, and repetition in order to master what they do. Number four. Now, this one is just ties right into it. And, uh, guys, this one I see more people jumping on this bandwagon, the opposite, the negative side of it. And we've talked about this many, many times in the office. Number four, they don't try to improve their weakness. They don't try to improve their weakness. Jeremy, what are they talking about? You know, I think this was a great one because I think who I was born into, most of us were born into, you have got to get better at, at whatever it may be, whatever weakness it may be. And I really didn't realize that until it was probably about eight years ago when I went through a book and we went through a practice of strength finders, right? A book called strength finders. And we really, it was all about focusing on your strengths and not about your weaknesses. And it makes you think differently and I think that's a huge thing is 
And you know what? That that's a very positive thing for people going. That's great. I can really strive on the things that I'm good at and surround myself with people in the areas that I'm weaker in. I mean, David, you see that with a lot of people where they just, you know, they, I mean, you, you walk up to somebody, say, what's your biggest weakness? And bingo, they got a whole list, you know, of stuff they can talk about, whether it's, oh, I'm in, you know, I'm trying to be more focused. We even talked about that. I'm trying to, you know, be more patient. Manage my time better. <laughs> That's right. Communicate better. Yeah, better verbal communication, right. better written communication. And what does the successful person do? What is the whole mindset around success? Well, I think the main thing that they're going to do is, is, is they are going to to focus on those things they already do well, that they already excel at. Um, you know, we've used the example of, of the athlete. Um, they've refined through coaching or, or just finding out themselves what they're really good at, and that's where they spend their energy. You know, I, I, I read it one time that said, if I'm a four, let's just say it's uh, verbal communication. I'm doing radio program, and I'm a four in verbal communication. That's a real problem. <laughs> Art's over there going, yeah, that's a, that's a big problem. But verbal communication, let's say that you're not a good, and so I'm a four, and I spent tons of energy, and I finally get to be a six on a scale of one to ten. Ten being great, one being terrible. Now, you know, guys, I hate to tell you, six is still not doing much. I mean, but I have spent an enormous amount of energy to improve my weakness from a four to a six. Let's say that I am a better, I'm very patient, uh, you know, very methodical and I'm very, uh, I'm stringent with my routine and that's my talent. That's my skill set. I'm very focused as an individual. If I just spent, I'm an eight, let's say, and if I put a little energy and tweak that a little bit, I might be a nine or a 10. And that's what successful people do. That's exactly right. You know, Jim, just, uh, uh, and it's easy because we're, we're bombarded with so many things that we need to do day to day, whether you're, you're the entrepreneur, whether you're the employee, whatever it is, we are just bombarded with how much we need to try and get done. Oh, no kidding. No and that's, kidding. that also ties back into the being willing to say no. It, and the whole idea is learning to say no. He said, if I read somewhere, it said, if you spend your life trying to be good at everything, you will be, never be great at anything. That's right. And we want to be great. Yeah. Well, I think most of us just in our own pride want to be known for something, something that we were good at. And it may be that just it's a being a, the best dad that there was, but it could be those things that really matter to society as well. All right, let's cover number 5. We've yeah. covered four five things that successful people do, Jeremy. What's number 5? I think you actually wrote number 5, but <laughs> <laughs> but, I do. But I I'll go ahead and say it anyway. <laughs> they wake up before sunrise. Every morning. Uh, and that's so, you know, they're they're ready. They're prepared. They're thinking. You know, it's just kind of like the it's kind of like a ritual to sit down. And I know you go through a quiet time every morning and sit there and ponder what you need to be working right. on and focusing on. So that's a very that's a very good point. And, you know, and it's a habit. I mean, uh, those are mornings. Sometimes I want to say, okay, the morning, this morning, it's not going to be a good, it's not going to have to be early up or in the morning, but it just happens. And well, if it's 3 a.m., you know, that's not quite just before sunrise. <laughs> that is a little before sunrise. Well, Ben Franklin says early to bed and early to rise makes the man healthy, wealthy, and wise. And that's kind of what we're talking about. Here. Well, I'm going to tell you, though, you know, I've got teenage kids and, uh, 
it's hard for them to understand. I mean, they want to hang on to that pillow. Pillow's their best friend in the morning. Uh, and so, you know, that's – but I think eventually we grow out of that. Well, you have a great habit, David. You and I hit the office about the same time a lot of mornings. That's and right. we're usually number one or number two. And we have the furthest the to drive, isn't that yes, interesting, Jim? Amazing. Furthest it's to drive, amazing. we're still the first ones there. So you're saying the next generation, as long as you wake up before noon, they're going to be successful, well, right? I think that's what they think sometimes. And, you know, we may find out because we use the example of Mark Zuckerberg earlier, I think we all grew up thinking, well, you have to wear a suit and tie to be successful. Yeah, and right. he's proven you don't. Yeah, so right. maybe it is the change of the you norm know, we need to be open David, that's a to. great point. I think I'm going to get me a gray T-shirt <laughs> and a hoodie. Yeah. And that's my new uniform <laughs> over there, Jeremy. Yeah, let's see how that works in the office. All right, five things. Avoid decision fatigue. We talk about don't get involved in the little bitty things. Give that to someone else. Let you keep your fuel for the great decisions. Number two, again, don't be afraid to say no. Embrace boredom is number three. Stick to a routine. I mean, stay very rigid and very effective in what you're doing. Stay focused, and that learns to master some crafts that you need to master. And, of course, number four, don't. Try to improve your weaknesses. Mm. So many of us were taught to improve our weaknesses, work on that. Nope, do what you do best and stick to it. If you spend your life trying to be great, good at everything, you will never be great at anything. And then, of course, wake up early, get started. That's the Ben Franklin Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise. Those are five things that successful people do. David, when you work with a business owner in 30 seconds or less, I know the biggest issue you have with them is there are so many things going on that it's very hard for them to decide how to move forward. I'm going to use a word, Jim. It's called paralysis. Ah. Because it can be so overwhelming with all the decisions they have to make about their own future retirement, about their employees, maybe about key employees they're worried about might leave their firm uh, that are critical to them, their their family, and so forth. It it would be easy to get paralyzed. Yeah. And so, you know, but what's the natural tendency? To ignore it. Well, if I just ignore it, it'll go away. We know that won't happen. So they need to go ahead and start dealing with that and start getting some answers, building a decision-making process. Uh, start the roadmap, the things we were talking about earlier. Start the roadmap. Hire a coach. Yeah, there you go. Hire you. I'll, I'll accept and that job. Get that. Uh, get you to start them moving in the direction. That's I love the idea. Of start get the roadmap in so they can stay on the routine and know where they're focused. We're going to come back in a few minutes. Kind of give you a little bit of update on the market and a couple of things that we're thinking about uh, when we work with our clients and uh, about Americans. They're tapping into the retirement savings early, Jeremy. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk a little bit about that. Why are we doing that and how not to do that? Before we uh, finish the program, it ought to be a pretty good next last ten minutes here. So. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search for Shoemaker Financial. Talk Money will return after this. Take a second and think about the three most important goals or priorities in your life right now. At Shoemaker Financial, their team of qualified and experienced financial professionals is committed to helping you achieve these goals or priorities. From insurance needs to college funding, retirement, or estate planning, Shoemaker Financial is here to help you accomplish your long-term financial objectives. To learn more, visit ShoemakerFinancial.com or contact them at 901-757-5757. At Shoemaker Financial, it's not just the plan, it's the results. 
helping you make the most of your money. This is Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. Well, welcome back. We're going to kind of give you kind of an update to what we think is going on as far as the market is concerned, kind of an investment commentary thought process. And, uh, Jimmy, you know, one of the things that that came out last week was that uh, second quarter growth was revised higher from 3.7 to 3.9 percent, and that's from improved retail sales. And I've read that, you know, they're expecting the fourth quarter to be pretty strong with retail sales. So, um, I mean, I think we're looking at things looking pretty good from that number. And Janet Yellen, her comments. Now, we've seen that change this week a little bit, but last week we were looking at that she kind of let us believe that she would do something if she didn't do it in September, which she didn't, that she would probably get it done before the end of the year. But that seems to be changing a little bit. Yeah, so you know, we were all anticipating September, and then the markets, you know, has gone through what it's gone through. And then so when she came out and spoke, she said, I'm still anticipating maybe you know, end of the year, before the end of the year. But then also we had more news come out today, and that's the job report. They were expected 203,000. And it came back at 142. Yeah, 142,000. So there we go, more more news from jobs. And so seems like this can could get kicked down the road a little bit more. Now the expectation could be out to March of 2016. And, you know, that's, that is a, that's not a good thing because I think the market has embraced, the, you know, we saw the Treasury yields down today, down below two, and that's the, we, everybody's kind of embraced that we're going to have a rising interest rate environment, and it's kind of like, let's get it done. Let's move on. Yeah, just get it over with because it needs to happen. You know, we might go through a little quick short-term gyration in the market, but the, the economy needs it. Yeah. You know, another thought, too, uh, U.S. corporations, the domestic products, that's U.S., not non-U.S., but U.S., continue to outpace non-U.S. So we're seeing corporations, we're seeing some growth going on, uh, unemployment 5.1%. But when you look at that, that the economy, it's, it move, it's kind of, you know, kind of moving right along, but it has done something that everybody needs to understand that we can, it's it's decoupling from the rest of the world, and you might expect, we see a lot of people tell us, expect that that decoupling will continue. Yeah, you know, the, we're talking more global today, and when the other countries, we pay attention a lot more to what's going on in the world, even though the U.S. might be, you know, moving along okay, you know, you know, so outpacing the the world, but we still got to get the the, wor- the rest of the economy up. You know, and I and I think one of the things that I read recently, and I think people, it's hard for us to explain this over the radio, but there's a thing that we talk about that that when you that's correlation. And managers have now begun to kind of get uncorrelated or moving away from being correlated, correlated, correlated. That's that's great. We got a lot of tough words. It's tough day. Correlated. It's early in the morning. See, you know, sequestration. You know, let's just throw some words out there. (laughs) But the reality is this cross correlation. We're seeing a the market begin to the the managers begin to separate from the broader market, and that's a we would call that a bullish trend because now they're saying we're going to invest in what we think is going to give us the number, the higher returns in the future, not just what the market's doing. And that's kind of a, that's a good sign for us. Yeah, it gives these active managers, as, as we call them, you know, opportunities to go out there and find things and take advantage. It's not necessarily take advantage, but kind of is, as, as they see value and stock markets moving back and forth, 
you know, these active managers can take advantage of that. And yet there's still this near-term equity market doesn't look just like it's great. It's still going to be volatile. Don't get excited about it. Uh, there's still a lot of things going on from that standpoint. So that's kind of a market update. Here's something I read that I think everybody needs to be sensitive to, that Americans are tapping retirement savings earlier. In fact, there was a survey that found out it came out of a bankrate.com that uh, the survey was done, that, that 17% of the ages 50 to 64 had dipped into their retirement plans. We want to tell everybody that is not a good thing to do. We'd prefer you not to do that. There's tax penalties if you do that before you're 59 and a half. There's, uh, there's penalties, usually just a normal penalty there. So uh, don't do that. Avoid that. Start a savings plan. Set it up and get and save at least 10% of your income towards something. Yeah, you know, with a 401k or an IRA, a lot of people think of it's just savings. I've saved this money. Why can't I take it out? Well, remember, it's retirement savings. This is about saving for the future, not saving short term. Well, also that same survey said that 21 million people, 9% are not prepared for retirement by the time they get to be retiring age, and that's uh, that's a big statistic. Well, if you tune in today, we talked about five things that successful people do. David Rochester has been our guest with us, and thank you again, David, for being with the program. He also talked about some strategies and thought process for what a business owner should be doing. Jeremy did a great job with me today. I appreciate that very much, sir. Uh, our producer and our board operator is Art Frederick. And, of course, great content, guest content, and, and content coordination is uh, Francis Fortner, production assistant, Eleanor Moscovich, and uh, Jim Shoemaker handles all the compliance along with Jeff Lone. Did you know that? I didn't know that. That's pretty good. From that I standpoint. didn't know it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Mid-South History Moment is read by Rebecca Brazier and written by Drew Johnson. You've been listening to Talk Money on KWAM 990. I'm Jim Shoemaker. We'll be with you next Friday, but we're here helping you make the most of your money. <laughs> Jim Shoemaker, Jeremy Jones, and David Rochester are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services Incorporated, securities dealer member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.